0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a year. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, head on over to the Facebook group, The Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, and you'll be able to share your own reflections and interact with other listeners and followers. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate, teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady, Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 166. We are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 18. Paragraphs 578-584 to 584. 578 Among the more rare and excellent privileges of most pure Mary, the chief one is that she is mother of God, which is the foundation of all the rest. The second is that she was conceived without sin. The third, that she enjoyed many times the beatific vision in this mortal life. And the fourth is that she continually saw clearly the most holy soul of her son, and all its operations for her imitation. She had at present to her eyes as a most clear and pure mirror, in which she could behold herself again and again, in order to adorn herself with most pure precious gems of virtue, made an imitation of those seen in the Most Holy Soul. There she saw it united with the Divine Word, and she exercised her humility in seeing how much her own human nature was inferior to that of Christ she perceived with the clearest insight the acts of gratitude and praise, with which the soul of Christ praised the Almighty, for having been created out of nothing, as the rest of the souls, and for the graces and gifts with which it was endowed above others as a creature, and especially for having been elevated and more godlike by the union of the human nature with the divinity." She pondered over her petitions, prayers, and supplications to his eternal Father for the human race, and how in all his other activity he prepared himself for its redemption and instruction as the sole redeemer and teacher of man for eternal life. 579. All these works of the most holy humanity of Christ, our supreme good, his most pure mother continually sought to imitate. There is much to say concerning this great mystery of her imitation in this history, for she had this example and model incessantly before her eyes, and according to it she regulated her own activity and behavior during the incarnation and nativity of her son. Like a busy bee, she continually built up the sweetest honeycomb of delights for the incarnate Word. His Majesty, having come from heaven as our Redeemer and Teacher, wished that His Most Holy Mother... Of whom he had formed his human existence, should participate in a most exalted and singular manner in the fruits of the common redemption, and that she should be chosen and selected disciple, in whom his teaching should be vividly stamped, and whom he wished to make as similar to himself as possible. In the light of these intentions and blessed purposes of the incarnate Word, we must judge of the greatest of Mary's deeds, and of the delights which she enjoyed while resting upon her arms and reclining upon her breast, for it was indeed the bridal chamber and the couch of this the true spouse. Canticle 115. 580. During the days in which the Most Holy Queen tarried near Bethlehem, before the purification, some of the people came to see and speak with her, but almost all of them were of the poorest class. Some of them came because of the alms which she distributed Others, because they heard of the kings who had visited the cave, all of them spoke of this visit and of the coming Redeemer. For in those days, not without divine predisposal, the belief that the birth of the Messiah was at hand was very widespread among the Jews, and the talk about it was very frequent. This gave the most prudent mother repeated occasion to exercise herself in magnanimous works not only by guarding the secret of her bosom and by conferring within herself about all that she saw and heard, but also by directing many souls toward the knowledge of God by confirming them in the faith, instructing them in the practice of virtues, enlightening them in the mysteries of the Messiah, whom they were expecting and dispelling the ignorance, in which they were cast as a low-minded people, little versed in the things of God." Sometimes their talk about these matters was so full of air and womanish prattle, and the simple St. Joseph smiled in secret. He wondered at the heavenly wisdom and force of the answers with which the great lady met their gossip and instructed them, at her patience and gentleness in leading them to the truth and to the perception of the light, at her profound humility and yet patient reserve with which she knew how to dismiss all of them consoled, rejoiced, and furnished with all that was good for them to know. She spoke to them words of eternal life, which penetrated and flamed and strengthened their hearts. John six sixty nine, Instruction which the Most Holy Mary, Our Queen, gave me. 5.81 My daughter, by the divine light I knew better than all other creatures at what a low value the Most High Esteem's earthly blessings and riches Therefore, in my holy liberty of spirit, I felt myself troubled and inconvenienced by the possession of the treasures of the king's offered to my most holy son. As in all my deeds, I was to shine in humility and obedience. I did not wish to appropriate them to myself, nor dispose of them according to my own will, but according to the wishes of my spouse, Joseph. In this resignation, I managed to act as if I were his handmaid, and as if none of these gifts concerned me in any way. For it is debasing, and for you weak creatures, very dangerous to appropriate or attribute any of the goods of the earth, be they of material possessions or goods of honor. For all this cannot be done without covetousness, ambition, and vain ostentation. 582. I wish to tell thee... All this, my dearest, in order that thou mayest know how to refuse riches or honor as due to thee, and not appropriate to thyself any of them, especially not if thou receive from persons of influence and exalted station. Preserve thy interior liberty, and make no show of a thing which is worth nothing, and which cannot justify thee before God. If anything is brought to thee, never say, This is given to me, or is presented to me, But this the Lord sends to our convent, pray to God for those whom his majesty has sent as the instruments of his mercies, and mention the name of the giver, in order that they may pray particularly for him, and that he may not be disappointed in the purpose of his gift. Also do not receive it personally, lest you raise a suspicion of covetousness, but let those appointed for this duty receive it. And if, in thy office as superior, thou must make distribution of things within the covenant, let it be with detachment, and without any show of personal rights of possession in them. Yet at the same time, as one who knows that she does not deserve any favors, do not forget to thank the Most High and the Giver. That which is brought to the other religious thou must acknowledge thankfully as the superior, and immediately see that thou apply it for the community, without reserving any part of it for thy own use." Do not inquire curiously about the incomes of the convent, in order that thou mayest not take a sensible pleasure therein, and that thou mayest not seek delight in the reception of such favors. For frail and passionate nature incurs many defects in such a transaction, and a few of the defects does it render much account to itself. Nothing can be trusted to infected human nature, for it always seeks after more than it possesses, and it never says enough, and the more it receives, the greater thirst it has for more. 583. But it is to the intimate and frequent intercourse with the Lord, by unceasing love, praise, and reverence, that I wish thee to attend most of all. In this I wish, my daughter, that thou work with all thy strength, and that thou apply thy faculties and powers incessantly, with great watchfulness and care. For without this the inferior parts will inevitably weigh down thy soul, derange and upset it, divert and cast it down, causing it to lose the vision of the highest good. Wisdom 9.15 This loving intercourse of the Lord is so delicate that even by listening or attending to the deceits of the enemy, the soul loses it. On this account, the enemy makes great efforts to draw thy attention toward himself, knowing that the punishment of listening to him will be the concealment of the object of its love from the soul. Canticle 5.6 as soon as it carelessly ignores the beauty of the Lord, it enters upon the byways of neglect and is deprived of the divine sweetness. Canticle seven. When afterwards the soul, having with sorrow, experienced the evils of such inadvertence, wishes to return to seek him, it does not always find or recover him. Canticle three one two, As the demon who deceived it, then presents other delights so vile and unlike those to which the soul has been accustomed interiorly, New cause of sadness, disturbance, dejection, lukewarmness, and dissatisfaction arises, and its whole interior is filled with dangerous confusion. 5.84 Of this truth, my dearest, thou thyself hast some experience. Wherein thou couldst notice the efforts of neglect and tardiness in believing the favors of the Lord, it is time that thou be prudent in thy sincerity, and constant in keeping up the fire of the sanctuary. Leviticus 6.12 without ever losing sight for a moment of that same object, which I attended to with all the powers of my soul and all my faculties. Although the distance between thy conduct, that of a mere wormlet, and that which I propose for thy imitation is great, and although thou canst not enjoy the supreme good so unreservedly as I, nor live in the same condition as I, yet since I instruct thee and show thee what I did to assimilate myself to my most holy Son, Thou canst imitate me according to thy strength, using my doings as a mirror. I saw him in the mirror of his humanity, thou in my soul and person. If the Almighty calls and invites all men to the highest perfection by following him, consider what thou art obliged to do, since thou hast been drawn toward the Most High by such a generous and power influence of his right hand. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Canticle 1 3. This concludes our reading today for day number 166. We've been reading from volume 2, book 4, chapter 18, paragraphs 578 to 584. Today's reading began with a reflection on the privileges. Among the more rare and excellent privileges of most pure Mary, the chief one is that she is Mother of God, which is the foundation of all the rest. The second is that she was conceived without sin. The third, that she enjoyed many times the beatific vision, this mortal life. And fourth, is that she continually saw clearly the most holy soul of her son and all its operations for her imitation. These are privileges that were given to Mary, and rightly so, everything relates to who she is as the mother of God, conceived without original sin because she's the mother of God. That she enjoys the beatific vision. This is something that we are not able to grasp or understand. That for many times, she was able to see God and to see heaven. And then interestingly, that she was able to imitate her son and seeing the goodness of her son. Seeing clearly the most holy soul of her son and all its operations. Again, these are things that we can't even fathom. We can only long to have them. We can strive in our very limited way to want to imitate Jesus. As Mary said, it was like a mirror was being held up and she was able to look into that mirror. And so we can look into that mirror and say, I want to imitate the operation of Jesus's soul. Here's another line. She pondered over his petitions, prayers, and supplications to his eternal father for the human race and how in all his other activity he prepared himself for its redemption and instruction as the sole redeemer and teacher of man for eternal life. There's something rich there. We think about our own petitionary prayer. We think about Mary praying for us and her own attentions. But Mary pondered over Jesus' petitions prayers, and supplications. If you want to sit with something, maybe for a little bit, think about how Jesus would have prayed. Who did Jesus pray for? What did Jesus pray for? Know that as we make our prayers a petition, that's really something we're doing, in imitation of Christ. During the days in which the Most Holy Queen tarried near Bethlehem, some of the people came to see and speak with her, but almost all of them were of the poorest class. And so they come for different reasons. But people still go to Mary today, don't they? And we're of the poorest class in a sense because we are poor in spirit. That's what Jesus wants us to be. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. We have a spiritual poverty. Maybe we have a physical poverty. There is poverty in our life. And like those people, we approach the blessed Virgin Mary. She prays for us, she gives us counsel. What she does for these people, in a sense, even though she was there physically, she's able to do that for us today, still in a very spiritual sense. And then in the instruction that Mary gave to Maria of Agurta, there's that powerful line and a great reminder again. Because remember, Joseph and Mary gave away some of the things that the kings gave them. Do not forget to thank the Most High and the Giver. Never forget to thank the people in your life who have been good to you. It's good advice from our Heavenly Mother. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.